0: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show, presented by Church Health, caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. Chris Harrington joins the program. Chris, what are we listening to? That is, of course, uh, Body Movin', Beastie Boys, Fat Boy Slim Remix, Shout-out to uh, Roddy the Body, Uh, David Roddy, who had his breakout game over the weekend.
0: What'd you make of the performance? Because this is something that Mark and I have been talking about sometimes on the air, sometimes off the air. Doesn't it feel like if the Grizzlies are going to have someone from kind of outside the rotation step up, it feels like he makes the most sense to me?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I've been saying for the past month, Really, since the um, the trade deadline, that I, you know, no offense to Luke Kennard or John Conchar, but I just think there's too much similarity between the two, and they really need someone who can provide them a little more oomph, a little more, a little more activity, a little more dynamism off the wing. And if you look at the candidates, you know, Jake Laravia just, you know, the ship sailed in Jake Laravia this season with the back soreness and all the other stuff. It just, he's been out of the mix too long. I think the ship has now sailed on Zaire Williams. Um, if it hadn't already, I think it sailed over the weekend. It it it, it departed from the dock and it is at sea now. Um, and I, that leaves Roddy. And, Rod, you know, as a rookie, he may have nights where he's terrible. And, and I don't know, you know, but. I think you look at that game last night, and what you see is that, yeah, he made shots, but he's not a guy who, when he's out there, the only question is, okay, is he going to make shots or not make shots? You know, he's, he, he gets a steal. He takes it coast to coast. He gets an offensive rebound and a putback. You know, he's crashing in from the weak side for a dunk. He's, he, he's moving guys around under the paint to, like, to, to get a layup off an inbounds pass. You know, he's diving on the floor to get a loose ball there's more to his game than just make shots, not make shots. And I think they need that little bit of sort of chaos agent activity off their bench, and he's a guy who might be able to provide that.
0: I guess the way that I look at it is he feels like he offers the most because, like you said, even if he's not making shots, I trust him to actually slash to the goal more than everyone. His size is obviously clearly something that a lot of the other young guys don't have. I can, like, if, do I think he could make defensive mistakes? Sure. But don't you kind of trust him? Like, I just think, like, when I'm comparing him to the
1: guys, I just trust that he could do more. Um, well, that's an interesting turn of phrase, right? Trust and could. Right. right. Those are sort of, like, different, you go different ways, right? Correct. Um, I, I, I don't trust him, but I don't believe in the trust, but I believe in the could. Um, I, I don't trust him, but I think there's the potential – for him to impact the game in ways beyond shot making that I don't think you're going to get as much from the other options. And I think that is a wild card that you're going to need. And so I, you know, I endorse Taylor, Taylor as you can say, like after the game, like, you know, I, it's going to be nine for a while. That means nine meaning David Roddy staying in the rotation. Although if and when John Morant comes back, you know you got a question there because then that would make it ten, and like then you have a David Roddy versus John Con- John Con- John Con- Conchar question. But I think Roddy is Roddy's earned himself some runway. He's going to be in the rotation now for a little bit. and We'll see if he can d- develop that consistency and earn it as we head to the playoffs. David
0: basically doubled up Conchar in terms of minutes on Saturday. Was that a Tip, was that Taylor Jenkins tipping his hand, or do you think that was Taylor Jenkins going with the hot hand?
1: That was going with the hot hand. I mean, there was a moment in that game in the fourth quarter where, you know, Tyus Jones was on the bench to start the fourth quarter. And so then you get to, you know, a certain point midway through the quarter or third of the way to the quarter. It's time to bring Tyus Jones back into the game. I think in a normal scenario, Tyus Jones would have checked in for David Roddy. But Roddy had the hot hand, and so Tyus Jones checked in for Santi Aldama. And they basically played Roddy at the power forward down the stretch of that game. I think that was a response to the game Roddy was having. That was not normal rotation stuff. And so that that boosted Roddy's minutes in that game. But I do think, and, they, and I'm the game before against Golden State, Conard played more than Canard. Yeah. So I think especially after after Ja comes back and they have their two point guards. If and when Ja comes back, if if they, if they have their two point guards, to me there's a real question about how you're soaking up those minutes, those backup minutes two through four with with Kennard, Conchar, Roddy, and Aldama. Like something's got to give, right? And I think that's a real competition among those four players, really, as good as Aldama's been. Because one of my things with Roddy, and I've gone on a journey, right? I was one of the biggest Roddy skeptics when they drafted him in early in the season, and then you know, a month ago, I called for him to play more. So this this has been a, it's been a journey of discovery for me. But I, I, one of my things with Roddy is I don't trust the foot speed guarding on the perimeter that much. I still don't. He he played when he had his huge fourth quarter. He was playing power forward. Yeah. I think he's. I think small ball four is what his best use is.
0: What have you made of the minutes without Tyus? Because you know, essentially you you pointed out like they're not. They're basically going no point guard, and we saw Golden State take advantage of that. What did you think about on, on Saturday?
1: I think it's generally gone okay. I mean, the thing about it is, I mean, it'll be very game-to-game, but it's generally gone okay. And the thing about it is that it, was, it, it actually worked great last season because they did that a lot last season because they didn't carry a third-point card. And John missed 25 games. And so that was 25 games in which you did not have a backup point guard and you were just doing – now, Now it worked better last season because it, was, it wasn't Desmond Bain, Luke Qadar, and John Conchar. It was Desmond Bay, De'Anse Mountain, and Kyle Anderson. And Kyle Anderson is basically a 6'9 point guard. Yeah. And so that, I think, you, and, and the defense was better. So I think it worked better last season with the personnel they had. Um, but I think it's worked okay. And I do think it's notable that, like, you know, you're late in the season and you're missing a point guard and you have a choice to make. And is it, are you playing without a point guard or are you playing Kennedy Chandler? And I know Chandler's very young and he's a rookie, but he was a high second-round pick. I think, you know, when you pick a point guard in the 30s, your hope is that when you have an injury, <laughs> you know, that he steps up. And, and this is, I don't know, not necessarily a commentary on him, it's a commentary on the coach and, like, the coaching staff of what, at this point in the season, what they trust and what they don't. But I do think it's notable that you're carrying the third point guard and you're not using it. How
0: big, how big of the concern is the depth right now?
1: Well, you know, you're down three of your top seven players, and so that really uh, presses your depth. I think this team structurally went into the season with much bigger depth questions than they had a year ago. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Aldama taking a, a real step forward, flipping that, that green spot, which had basically been an empty spot for Kennard, who can play. Um, you know, and, and, and now Roddy, you know, you needed at least one of your, if you're to carry three rookies on the roster, one of them is going to have to play. It looks like maybe Roddy is, get, is finally giving you that one. You check at least the one box. But they're carrying a lot of dead weight at the back end of the roster on top of now the injuries they've had. And so it feels like they can get by right now, but they can't withstand any more injuries.
0: Yeah, I just kept thinking on Saturday watching the game, man, this feels fragile. Like, and I get it. Yeah. You know, like To your point. You're down three of your top seven. No duh. It feels fragile. Like I mean, of course. But like I just think about, I think about it in terms of like tonight. I suppose the bigger question is whether or not Kyrie plays. Luca's going to be out. But then I just started saying like, man, didn't da- I felt like Dallas had more shot making at least. Like I know the Grizzlies had the fourth quarter, and it's largely just really Roddy was making shots, but. I don't know. I just found myself thinking like, this is going to be quite the balancing act to just try and like tread water.
1: Yeah, I mean that was a game. I mean you're playing at home against the Dallas team without Luka or Kyrie, and that's a very top-heavy roster without his top. And you're down 11 early in the fourth quarter. Like you know, they we people end up feeling great about that game because it was spectacular to watch what what Roddy did, and you had make this fourth quarter comeback. But that could have easily been a a, a serious bummer of a game, and and you know I I think these four games without since Morant and Clark have been out, no, you're two and two. um, All you know, you you ran ran off on Golden State. The other three games were competitive, and like you won in the fourth quarter at home, and you lost on the road basically. And so it's you know you don't look like the two seed in the West right now. But you do look like a competitive team. Like it, has been a little bit of. I think it's been it's had a calming effect of reminding that like you know all is not lost in terms of just day to day like competing in basketball games without even without John Morant, Stephen Adams, or Brandon Clark. There's still enough talent on this team that you're you're a respectable team even if you're not a team that's going to get to a conference finals without those guys. Are the fourth quarter issues solved? No, of course not. I mean it's one game. Uh, David Roddy got high. And so we'll see. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We're, we're, they're going to play again tonight, right, in Dallas. We'll see what they look
0: like. What do you make about tonight? Because it, the line opened in favor of the Grizzlies, and then it's quickly moved to Dallas, and it's been growing. I think it's right now up to two. I, I think that suggests to me that they're expecting Kyrie to play. I, I That could also just be, hey, sharp bettors have seen what the Grizzlies are on the road. They're just betting against them. So it may not be a reflection he, of Kyrie, but uh, I don't know. This does feel
1: – Has Luca already been declared out? I yes. Haven't seen. Yes,
0: they have declared him okay. out.
1: Okay, So Luca's out. You know, Kyrie was at, was was in Memphis. There was some question. Like I was there at shoot-around over the weekend, and I, I was talking to Tim McMahon, who, who's from ESPN, who who operates out of Dallas, and he was there, and he was like, I don't think Kyrie's even in Memphis. And then they opened it up, and Kyrie was there. He was out on the floor doing shoot-around stuff, taking shots. Ended up not playing, and so I would guess that I, you know, my friend Matt Hurley made this point on Twitter, and I sort of agree. Like when you're Dallas and you trade for Kyrie Irving, you're like you're not expecting him to like be questionable and sit, you know, when you're playing when you're playing the, like you know the the two seed in the West in the middle of the playoff stretch, right? Like surely, especially when surely you're in a, he, a position he like go he's gonna go.
0: like you're in a position that they're in, which is I mean, every game matters for them right now. Right. You know, one game's kind of the difference. One game has been the difference between avoiding the play-in or being in the play-in. I mean, I, I at a certain point like man, I get it, but like is is this just a classic example of Kyrie being Kyrie?
1: I think so. And I and I think he's going to like, you know, go somewhere else in the summer unless Dallas gives him like a 4-year like max contract. Yeah. he probably just head out. Dallas is really on they are they are dangerously close, if not already there, to the Anthony Davis in New Orleans track. Yeah, um, with Luca, you, you just fed, you, yes, with Luca, you have you have you have this generational talent, and you failed to build a good structure around them, and now you're chasing it. Right, you're like, you're, you're so in good money after bad, trying to do something. And it feels like Kyrie's going to walk this summer, and like the Luka stuff is going to get really hot next season. Is what it feels like.
0: is it hard to build around Luka? Like I was trying to think about that because it seems no. it, it seems like it should be easy, right? But why is it? It feels like it shouldn't be this difficult, but they're really struggling.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, they could have they could have signed Jalen Brunson to an yeah. extension. Like, you know, he's like having an All Star season in New York. That would have been cool. Um. They they have not done they and you you watched the game the other night like Jaden Hardy and Jalen Green both look like may, maybe they're pretty good maybe they finally found something with a couple of young players yeah but it's a long time that they haven't um, there's a long drought in Dallas where they just weren't developing players I mean you get Luka in the top th- with a third pick or a fourth pick or whatever it was and that's that's easy. But there's a long period. They they don't have their Desmond Danes there. They don't have their Brandon Clark's. Like they just really struggled to 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 develop talent out of the draft, and then spend all their time you know chasing free agents that blew up in their face. Like remember old DeAndre Jordan? Like you know lock him in a room stuff that was going on or whatever.
0: What have you made of Desmond recently? Because on the one hand, I'm just sitting there going, are we just really judging whether or not he plays well, whether or not he makes shots? Because he doesn't seem like he's demonstrably. It feels like night to night he's consistent, but yet again, it feels like, well, it's a night that he played pretty well, but I'm just sitting there wondering, like, well, is it just because he made shots?
1: I just, think, I just think it sort of is what it is at this point, where yeah. he's like really good, but I think he's operating at about 90% capacity. I, I, that's just been my, that's been my feeling ever since he's come back from that injury, that he just doesn't have the upper reach that he had late last season and that he had early this season. That, like, every once in a while he's just going to jump up and get you 36 or whatever. I, I just don't think – and it's been pretty – not always like this, but a lot of the times he, he builds his numbers early in games. Yeah. Like, I think he had 17 in the first half. I think that's right against Dallas. He ended up with, like, 22 or 23 or whatever. He did hit the big shot of the game from the corner or late. But he is not – I just don't think he has the capacity right now – to, like, get on my back. I'm, I'm taking 25 shots. I'm scoring 40. Like, I just don't think that. I think he has that ability, but I don't think he has that right now.
0: Yeah, 17 of his 25 came in the first half. Right. What do you make about Jaren? Because it was a little bit of a slower start. I still felt like, though, he kept his aggression for the most part.
1: This has been a little bit of a story with him, and I think it's sort of, you know, half full, half empty kind of thing, depending on how you look at it. Um, he was pretty bad. you know for the first half or so yeah and then he had seven of his 14 in the fourth quarter like he was good in the fourth quarter and I feel like that's not I feel like he's had games like that lately where where he finally comes around it has a big fourth quarter it hasn't been as good early and like you'd rather him be good early as well especially against that matchup but I do like that 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 when he has a bad first half, they're not they're no longer like going away from him. Like yeah. it's not you know you're not you're not pulling the plug on it anymore. Um, and I like that He plugs away and it has had has gotten better as games have gone on. Sort of the opposite of Bain. Like Bain Bain does it early, Jaron does it late. There's been a little bit of that lately. I feel like.
0: What do you make of tonight? Because on a, on a certain level, you know, hey, it's the Grizzlies on the road. It's the Grizzlies on the road on national TV. It, it feels like it has all the makings uh, of being kind of the disappointing night. But at the same time, like I almost feel like as this group just tries to, you know, kind of stabilize until Ja Morant returns, it almost feels like there's oh, like really? a lack of expectation. So I feel like you can get, like I feel like I've been pleasantly surprised by their performance without Ja
1: yeah I mean never you never want to put too much weight into any in individual game, but I feel like tonight's a pretty good test of what where they are right now yeah Cause, because they played four they've played four games since they lost both Morant and Clark, and the first two were like you know two games and three nights in l a and you're already on the road when this stuff happens, and while those games were competitive, there's got to be a little bit of like a shell shot kind of like has to be a little bit of, you have to be going through a little bit of a daze as a team because this this is just blown up in your face like all of a sudden for sure. And then, you come ho- and then you come home, you've had a few days, you come home, you get to sort of take a breath and settle yourself, and you win the two games at home. And now, like, this is a pretty good test. Like, you're on the road, you're against a good team, not a great team. We're going to assume Kyrie plays. You're playing against one star, not two. It's kind of a toss-up kind of game. And so, this is a good, again, one game can mean whatever, but I think it's a good sort of, this, this is the most neutral game they've had since all the stuff has happened in terms of trying to set a baseline for what you think you look like.
0: The New York Post had the video and I guess details uh, of Ja Morant. Without getting into specifics of it, did the release of the video change any way that you feel about potential punishment, lack of punishment, whatnot? Did did, Did any of the story change any way of how you feel about Ja Morant's return?
1: Um, I don't feel like that what, what what to the degree that there's new in there, and the most meaningful new is probably that it's two nights instead of one yeah um not not what was happening those nights right um i i don't I don't think that should have any impact on punishment or return issues relative to the team or the league I think on one level there's a lot that's like i don't know about this this is getting into invasion of privacy issues sure. that i that I, I i wonder about on the other hand there are relevant team issues in terms of you know that 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 um that report that came out about the the players meeting and steven adams is saying we need to take things more seriously on the road and so there is you know setting aside like whatever you're doing at the club the fact that you're like at the club the night before and the night after you know, these road games and and the you have a team issue of people who are saying, like, we need to button down and get more serious on the road. Like, that's a real issue relative to team. That is not an issue relative to John Morant's status as an active basketball player in the NBA, I don't think.
0: Yeah, hey, I think that's fair. I was trying to think about this yesterday, changing topics on you. <laughs> have we had an Oscars on the night that we get the NCAA tournament bracket? That was new, right? I, I was thinking about that. I don't, I remember, don't remember this. I don't remember that double dip. Because I was like yeah, no, that, I was like, this is this is a lot of T V right now for me.
1: No, no, I haven't even fully I haven't fully um absorbed the bracket because I was actually I actually was watching the Oscars for better or worse. And so I've glanced at the bracket, but normally I would have like spent a little bit more time with it on a Sunday night, but instead I'm like, you know, I can do this tomorrow or Tuesday before I fill my sup out. I'm gonna watch the Oscars tonight. I was thinking about that last night. I don't remember those things colliding before. Yeah, I
0: I feel like now, the Oscars date is not like it's always this week. Like, it does fluctuate. Like, I know that. Because I can even remember. I think there's even been years where maybe it was, like, at the end of February, whatnot. And obviously, in the, like, the whole COVID, like, I feel like it's changed everything. But that, to me, felt like that w- that was overwhelming. And it, it was overwhelming because I wasn't quite prepared for it, even though, hey, if you just get out of schedule, you could realize that that was going
1: to be the case. It, it, it's kind of an interesting collision because it's like two things that are still like meaningful to a lot of people. and still popular, but not as meaningful and popular broadly in the culture as they each were 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like college, college basketball and the movies are both in a little bit of a down period relative to like, you know, when we were kids.
0: Oh, I, I definitely think that's fair. Cause like, that was the other thing that I was trying to realize. Like
1: I admittedly,
0: I've not seen everything everywhere all at once, but all I kept thinking about is every person I know and I trust with movies has had some version of this review. It's a good movie, it's not as good as it wants to be, and it's not as good
1: as it's getting hyped to be and oh i think i think I think all those things are true, but I would also make the point that like the Oscars are often bad, and so to me like like that's an above average Oscar winner, well I mean, like, you're talking uh, about a you're talking about an award that's given the best picture to crash and the king's speech, and yeah. some really ridiculous stuff back in the 60s, like some really crazy stupid stuff but way back. and so it's not like not like every year the Godfather wins the best picture.
0: no, and like that was the other thing I was saying was like this it's all relative, like in the end, it's you don't have to be the best movie of all time. You have to be the movie nope. that that most people vote for in that given year. I was also a uh, quick little story. I was super happy for Jamie Lee Curtis. My senior year, I was eating dinner one night, and she was sitting at the table behind us. And then she just, like, started chatting us up, and she was very pleasant and nice. Like, that was the closest I've ever seen, like, a star when she gave her acceptance speech, which I thought was pretty good. I was like, that that was the one thing that got me to react. I was like, good for her, because that's she was so nice to us, like, when we were eating dinner.
1: She seems like she'd be a good hang My yeah. version of that with, with with the same movie is that when those directors who I've never seen before yeah. got up to to give their first acceptance, I was like, and the Oscar for guys who seem most like dudes I hung out in the dorm with at college goes to the Daniels yes, like and I, I'm pretty sure I went to college with those dudes sweetest
0: bolo tie i think yeah. I think went yeah. to to the one of I,
1: he dan the
0: the bolo tie
1: goes by Dan and the other one went by Daniel, right. I don't know. I don't know. I just I just know that I like I, I had a I had a flashback to some, some dude holding court in the dorm lounge and, and, and Macalester McAllister College in 1992 when that dude was talking. Well, the other
0: thing that I was thinking about last night is, how can I be can I be happy that Brendan Fraser won an Oscar, but can I also be like I still don't want to
1: see that movie? Yeah, I don't want to see that movie either. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I've, seen all, I, I've seen all 10, but I saw, I saw all 10 of the Best Picture nominations, and I have a physical, a physical DVD screener of The Whale, and I am not going to put that in, in. I'm not slipping that in. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it.
0: Yeah, that, that was kind of like, I was like, yes, I'm happy for him, and, and, and I was like, I, I still don't want to see that. Anything else that struck you from last night?
1: Um, you know, to the degree that it matters, I, I, I wish it had been a little bit more variety in the winters. It's a little bit too much, everything everywhere, um, and too much all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. You know, I Tar and Banshee Simenashira and, and Fablemans, I think, all got shut out. To me, that is not indicative of sort of the year in movies. It was a little bit too clustered around those those two movies for me. All right, and
0: then now you said you're going to start digging into your bracket
1: Is this the least? I got to figure out where I can justify Arkansas in the Final Four. I got to figure out where I can justify that. Are you ready?
0: They are, they're my team. And here's why. There we go. They will have a 10 minute stretch of basketball where you sit there and you watch these guys and you're like, oh my God, these guys are amazing. They're long, they're athletic, they're they're amazing. And then there's like 25 other minutes to 30 other minutes of basketball. You're like, oh yeah, this is why they're going to be an eight seed. But let me tell you what, if they well, put it together, oh, watch out.
1: I watched them early in the season, and I thought, like, I was convinced, this is the best team since Corliss Williams. Yes, they have so and, much talent. And then they lost the one forward um, who's really good, the Trayvon Brazil guy to injury. And then the Nick Smith guy is sort of like, he's back now, but he's had lots of injury issues. Yes. But I fell totally in love with Anthony Black. You know, that's my new favorite basketball player. Um, he's like slow-mo, but not slow. Um, just in terms of that feel for the game. And they, that, that Ricky Council dude is like a classic, this guy's great in college. Yes. And so there's a lot of perimeter talent on that team. Musselman's a really good coach. I think they've had a disappointing season since then. But, like, that team's got some upside. They've got some upside. And then, you know, you look at
0: – they're matched up with Kansas. And Kansas is that team where if Grady Dick is not scoring – they really, really struggle to score. Like, Texas took advantage of them. I I just feel like that's that's not the worst spot for Arkansas. If you've had a year where you probably underachieved, this isn't the worst draw because Illinois is a team that will take a nap on you unlike any other team. And then Kansas, you know what I mean? Like, it's also really hard to repeat. Like, it's really hard to repeat, especially when you're replacing, like, 70% of your
1: offense. This is all the co-star I need. I, yeah. I, I'm doing it. But at Memphis, I feel like the er, – I like I, I definitely like them in game one, but I feel like that's kind of a rough draw for them to have to go up against the one seed in the second round. I, I, that seems like not, not great. But I got to say, Kendrick Davis is the classic – for me, who doesn't watch a, co- a lot of college basketball, like my strategy every year is like, who's got the best upperclassmen lead guards? And guess what? It's that dude. Well, and further, when you look at Purdue, Zach
0: Eady is like a – he's mesmerizing to watch because he's so big and right. But they have very young guards and they've been very inconsistent down the stretch. And I just keep thinking like, when's the last time a team with a true, like traditional back to the basket, big, just put a team on his back in the tournament. Like we, We typically don't see those guys end up, like, taking over the tournament.
1: No, I mean, Kendrick Davis is your classic Shabazz Napier, like, you know, this is what college basketball is for kind of guy, so who knows?
0: Chris, we appreciate it. Have a good rest of the uh, day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, thanks. That is Chris Harrington of The Daily Memphian. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.